0: One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and Jesus went into the Pharisee's house and sat at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that Jesus was sitting at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, what is it, teacher? A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he forgave them both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered the one, I suppose, to whom he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, "Your sins are forgiven." And those who were at a table with him began to say among themselves, "Who is this who even forgives sins?" And he said to the woman, "Your faith has saved you. Go in peace." Amen. Amy Vanderbilt and Emily Post have written big books on how to be the perfect host. The writer of Luke's Gospel in his little book tells us how we can become the imperfect host the incident is taken from luke's gospel where he tells of the day when jesus was invited into the house for dinner by a man named simon we don't know his last name we don't know where he lived or in what town he resided all we know was that Simon was a very good, respectable, probably rich leader of that particular community. And he invited Jesus in. And that's a very important thing to remember in Christian Protestant theology. Jesus goes nowhere without an invitation. Jesus does not enter by the power of his holy spirit into anyone's life into anyone's home into anyone's business or into any particular church unless he's invited little brief study in christian worship you see that that is why we begin the service with an invocation inviting jesus by the power of his spirit to come and worship with us. And those of you who are here for worship on time, during the playing of Mr. Ailey's prelude prior to the service, may I suggest that if you have nothing else to do, it's a good idea to quietly invoke God's blessing, inviting by the power of His Spirit, Jesus, into this worship whenever we meet for that particular reason. He doesn't come in, you see, by any other way. Jesus, by the power of his spirit, is no midnight burglar. He does not use ecclesiastical handcuffs. He does not use any spiritual karate or judo to try to get us in a position where he forces his way in. No, no, no. It was then and is still the same now. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears me and opens the door, I will come in. Jesus comes only by invitation. And if you don't want Jesus in your life, just, just don't invite him. But if you do invite him, and that always is a voluntary invitation, Reminded that there are some courtesies which he expects, and whether or not he receives them will determine in his eyes as to whether or not the inviter is a perfect or an imperfect host. And the whole scripture passage, though there are many other ideas to be presented. Is built upon that one basic idea of contrast, as so much of Hebrew literature appears unto us in the form of comparing opposites. Here we have a good man, Simon, a good, respectable man who has invited Jesus into his home, yet he is the one that is characterized as being the imperfect host. And here, then, on the other side, in contrast, you have an imperfect woman, a very bad woman. She was a prostitute. And in the eyes of Jesus, this bad woman, not the good man, is the perfect host. You get it? It's not whether you're good or bad. It depends on if you invite voluntarily Jesus into your life. He sees you as good or bad, whether or not you extend to him the courtesies which he expects so we learn not from the perfect man who was the imperfect host we learn from the imperfect woman the bad woman who was the perfect host when she invited jesus in to her life notice the things that she did she lowered her hair now, Bible scholars don't all agree, but the best that we can figure out of the custom in that day, no woman with any respectability went with long hair. If she was married, no one ever saw her hair down again except her husband in the intimacy of love. A woman, if she had her body for sale, she would advertise, by having her hair down, hanging over her shoulders. This particular woman, we're not quite sure what she was, but most scholars agree that she was a woman of the streets, a prostitute. She, when she invited Jesus into her life, had her hair down. which he did literally, you see, I think we're to do figuratively. When you invite Jesus into your life or into your business or into your church, we're supposed to be people who have our hair down. In other words, using that as an expression which you all identify with, it means that we come to Jesus without any pretense. We don't come trying to impress him. We come expressing our true identity. Jesus does not go for facade and he doesn't go for for masks he wants us in our true identity and he really can't do much for us if we do not appear to him as we really are I think it was Cromwell who was having his portrait painted one day he told the painter paint my face warts and all And, and, and that's what we have to do when we invite Jesus in just as we are Jesus doesn't play games he knows us better than we know ourselves and when we invite him in he doesn't want us to be a phony host putting on airs which are not ours he wants us as we want every host to entertain us just be ourselves that's the first thing to be a perfect host no matter who you are be yourself when you invite Jesus in and when you are yourself like the woman you'll find that you become weepy for this woman when she invited Jesus in was not ashamed not ashamed to weep openly you're probably asking yourself how did this woman this bad woman get into such a house of a good man like Simon things were a little different then than they are now whenever a rich man entertained someone as famous as Jesus if the season of the year allowed it the the dinner was always served outside in the courtyard and the tables were always placed as we do in church dinners in the U shape and the tables were very short people did not sit behind the tables they reclined on benches That's quite a way to eat, lying down. I see some of you doing that watching television from time to time, but that's the way they ate all the meals then. And if you were right-handed, you rested upon your left arm, your body extended, and your right arm free to feed. And your feet would extend out behind you, and whenever you ate, you always did so as a sign of respect in your bare feet so you see this is how someone could be actually standing at the feet of another who was dining now they did something else in those days that whenever a famous person was in town during the dinner time and because there was room in the open courtyard anybody anybody good and bad invited and uninvited could come and they were allowed to stand outside the fringe catching the gems of conversation. And they could remain there no matter who they were listening. So that's how the bad woman got into the good man's house. And that's how she could be standing literally at the feet of Jesus. Now get the picture. Here is Jesus eating chicken, roast beef, chocolate cake, and everything else they had in those days talking with Simon when behind him, whimpering, wailing, weeping, slobbering, was this woman. And she was crying not because they were all eating raw onions, not because she was sad to see Jesus, but because in that close proximity to this one whom she had invited into her life, She began to see herself as Jesus saw her. She began to see in his purity her own impurity. She began to see in his cleanliness her own dirtiness. She began to see in him what she should be like. And when she saw herself as she really was, a woman who had sold her life to find the meaning of life, now realized that throughout all of her prostitution, she had not found the meaning to life. And she stood there weeping, weeping tears of regret. And that's what you do when you invite Jesus into your home. You have to let your hair down and be willing to weep tears of regret. I think that's one place we're off the boat today. I've been trying to read very closely, and you know, in all of this sordid scandal that's been coming out of Washington, and I hope it soon ends. We've had over four weeks of it now. But you know, in all of the accusations, the counter-accusations, all of the innuendos, you know i have not as yet heard one word of regret no one seems really sorry that somebody might have done wrong and you know i think that's characteristic of what's happening in america today oh we cry (laughs) when we don't get our way we cry when we hurt we cry tears of sorrow but you don't see too many people weeping today tears of regret of really being sorry when they see themselves as they truly are we alibi we excuse we protest but we don't weep that's one of the great things I enjoy being a part of worship Sunday after Sunday here in Bakerstown and I think it's because we've invited God into into our worship we do weep here we cry here we laugh here we clap here may we never be ashamed of our emotions but I think sometimes we don't weep our regretful tears enough. I guess you could make a real play on words. It's appropriate, I guess, we broadcast over WEEP. The world needs that. But what does Jesus say? You can't really find life until you repent. And repent always comes as a fruit of sorrow, and sorrow comes only with tears of regret. So let's not be afraid when we invite Jesus into our lives to weep. And let's not also forget to bend low and serve. You see, that that's what that woman did to become the perfect hostess, Yes, there she was standing, the tears literally rolling down her cheek, dripping from her chin. And she probably didn't realize it at first, but she looked down, and here they were landing, each precious tear of regret upon the dirt-covered feet of Jesus, causing little rivers of mud in miniature to flow over his beautiful feet. And when she saw the dirt that she was causing, that woman with her hands who had held so many men in immortal embraces, with her hair that had teased so many people, she got down and she literally began to wipe up the dirt which she had made. And then with lips that had tantalized probably hundreds, she began to kiss the feet of Jesus. And to do all of this, you see, she had not only to be broken in pride, but she had to bend the knee and stoop. Hallelujah for people who still stoop and dirty their hands to clean up the mess of the world which each one of us has caused Do you realize that the human being is about the only animal that I know of that has the ability to bend both not only at the hips but also at the knees as well Oh, there are birds of God's creation that cannot fly us Fish that can outswim us, animals that can outrun us, but to the best of my knowledge, there's not another of God's creation that can outbend us. And we were created to be people who can bend not only at the hips, but at the knees as well. And when man is truly man and woman is truly woman, it is when we are in our knees in service of getting our own hands dirty. To wipe the feet of Jesus, using our own lips to speak the words of love, using every hair of our head somehow to clean up the mess of the world. I'm not being critical of Jesus because he's the one who instituted, and who am I to argue with him? He's the one that took the bread and broke it, and the cup and poured it. Saying that these forever should be a sacrament unto the remembrance of the body which has been broken and the blood which has been shed. But I really wish our church fathers had done in sacrament and would want to continue in sacrament that other thing that Jesus did in the upper room on that first Monday he girded himself with a towel and he got down on his own knees and he washed the disciples feet somehow I think we'd be a better world if in the church the elders three or four times a year got down and washed the feet of the people and we would go throughout life washing one another's feet as Jesus washed his disciples feet there's a lesson to be taught there teaches us us how to be perfect hosts and hostesses when we're not so big that we stoop to serve and to wash feet the woman also gave of her best she carried with her a little alabaster jar of ointment some scholars think she had it in a a file around her her neck. It was expensive, it was good, it was the most odiferous, beautiful, expensive thing that she had with her that day. Probably it was expensive ointment that she used to the massage on her best customers. But she took it and she gave the best that she had to Jesus. She gave it. Freely, she gave it. And that's what what Jesus expects when we invite him into our lives. The best speech I think I heard at the whole General Assembly was made by our former moderator, Dr. Keysector, when he said, the church will never be anything as long as we just continue to tip God rather than give to God. And I'm, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if not, you've learned how to give of your best in money, yes, time, talent, I'm sorry. Jesus may be in your life, but you're not a very good host or hostess. Jesus expects us to give, not off the bottom, but off the top. Not the least, but the best that we have. And we must, if we're going to be, entertain Jesus. And the last thing this woman expected something of her guest this guest whom she had invited into her life this one for whom she was the hostess she expected jesus to do something for her simon he didn't and when you invite jesus into your life expect that he's going to do something with you and for you and this woman she found through forgiveness, that which we all seek, peace. She found that day, letting her hair down, shedding openly her tears, bending her knee in service and giving of her best, she found there something that she had not been able to find with other people and in selling her own body and self, she found in entertaining Jesus. That gift which is above every other gift and the gift each one of us seeks in these turbulent days. Peace. The peace that passeth all understanding. It was hers. Because she had not only invited Jesus into her life, but because she was a hostess of perfection. You get the point. Be you good or be you bad. It's not just enough to say, Jesus, I love you. Be my Lord and Savior. If you do that, make sure you back it up with your actions because we will be judged on this earth as to whether we are a perfect or an imperfect host. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and visit us, individually and collectively, in our homes and in our work. Oh, Holy Spirit, come in and give us that peace. That passeth all understanding and help us to live with thee and now may grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be and abide with us forever and ever. <laughs> Amen.